Hi guys. Hello. I'm Kia. And I'm Florence. And this is Melanin. In medicine. Ta-da. I need to <laughs> really think about other like things I can say after Melanin Medicine. But um, I hope you didn't miss us. We are on time. So uh, alert the press. Call the girls because we are we are doing things right this week. Um, for once. And we have a guest. Woohoo! Hi guys! Yeah, that's our guest. So um, it's our new friend from med school, guys, because we have friends and we're social and, and we do things. We talk to people. Um, and so uh, our new guest or our guest this week is uh, one of our uh, other classmates. She's in the prematriculation program that we're in, um, and she's got a lot of insight on this week's topics. So we'll let her introduce herself real fast. All right, guys. My name is Amber. Um, oh man, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's pretty yeah. like informal. Just yeah. Amber, um, where'd you go to undergrad? I went yeah. to undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, Kale the Pitt. If any of you guys are listening, <laughs> um, oh my goodness, <laughs> we are growing. Um, so I went there for undergrad, and then I did my can't talk special master's program there as well. I uh, was a research tech there, and somehow found my way back to Kansas from medical school. So yeah, my free time, I. Pretend to like yoga and <laughs> too, running. Girl. I'd be like yogi. I'm a yogi. <laughs> I go to class three times a week. I really do like it, um, but like I'm not that great at it yet. Yeah, I'm gonna get there though. Four <laughs> years. You got time. You got time. Um, did you say what you got your master's in? Oh, biomedical sciences, and then for undergrad, I got my degree in natural sciences, which is like biology with a minor in Spanish and chemistry and a certificate in the conceptual foundations yes ma'am okay like, she got all the things i know say, say <laughs> yeah i was it's telling kia all. i was like by the time we finished i can't wait to be like florence osei or doctor florence osei mdp uh, or like all my MD, yes right llp because every time our teachers get up i'm like dang dude they get done and i'm like all right so what's my name and they're like I'm like, how? I you know. got the whole alphabet after your name. Right? <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Um, so you said you were from, well, we, we tried for a little while to keep our location confidential. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, but you said you're from Kansas. Yes. And you came back. So I'm from just outside of Kansas City in the suburbs. I left for Pittsburgh to go to college and came back. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, she's pretty well versed. Um, as you guys heard, she does the things and uh, does it well. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> well enough to get that. <laughs> um, so we're going to hop into our um, Elders Elevation. And so, of course, since we have a guest, we like to see if we could use our Elders Elevation from them. Maybe like a life quote that they live by, something that they've always let them just kind of pick them up when they're down or something like that. So, Amber, what's your Elders Take Elevation? Take it from here. Yeah, so mine isn't really a quote, more so like a life motto, is that life is a lesson. I feel like so much in life, you're like, oh, I get this right, I get this wrong, I'm good or I'm bad, but I feel like everything you go through in life teaches you and molds you into the person who you are, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't look at it as a regret or, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done this or I wish I would have done this differently, look at it as a stepping stone to learning and to changing your life in a more positive way, so, yeah. yeah. I love that, because it's such a positive, like, mantra and way to live life. It's, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's a way to, like, kind of turn your, turn your nose into, like positive like you said stepping Mm -hmm. stones like not every rejection not every like 
missed opportunity is an opportunity that necessarily you needed to succeed at to grow exactly so and I always hear so many people say like oh like just bad stuff happens to me in life and like I feel like if you have that mindset that bad stuff's always going to happen to you you're always looking at the negative side of like a situation instead of flipping it like Amber does and looking at the positive and being like picking yourself up and being like I can keep going I can do this because if you keep looking at negative stuff, you're only going to see the negative. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't always that way. Yeah. Um, I learned that in the last two years. Yes. I was much harder on myself all throughout college and high school, especially college. It was really hard on myself mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I didn't go straight to medical school. I took a few years off, did a few other things, and that really made me feel like a bit like a failure. Mm-hmm. And then... Towards the end of my master's program, I started working with a life coach, which they're great if you can have one. Totally have oh, one. A life coach? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they were actually part of my master's program. So That's they knew awesome. that the people in the program probably had different r- r- routes, routes. Routes. Route. Routes. I say routes. Oh, um, I say routes. I'm from the South. Different yeah. roads to medicine. <laughs> um, different paths. So they probably knew that each of us um would maybe need a little bit of help on just the personal end as well. So working with my life coach, I really learned to be kind to myself and that, okay, I might not get it today, but that doesn't mean I can't get it tomorrow. Right. And I learned to stay in my own lane um, and not look at other people because I'm mm-hmm. so much better off for those two years off for the struggle I had in undergrad. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy I am where I am, how I am, when I am, mm-hmm. instead of what I thought I wanted. So all of that combined really helped me learn that. Even when you're down, it's just a lesson for when you're up later. So. I yes, love this. No, like, this is like, I say this every other episode. This is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's slide into our, I'm thinking, um, interview question. Ooh, ooh. So I found an interview question. Oh, yeah. Was, so, yeah, yeah. So the interview question, I guess we all kind of have a different take on it. Uh, but my take, so I got asked um, in my application, I had like a lot of rural medicine experience. So they asked me where I specifically saw rural medicine going in the next 10 years. Um, and so I won't go with that. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what I said was I was like in my town because it's a small rural hospital. Um, I see like a lot of like not there's not as much funding or technology so I was like in the next 10 years like you're gonna see that because medicine the technology side of medicine is gonna grow so like maybe um, in rural places they might not have as much money to fund some of the newer technology so that's Mm -hmm. what I said for mine yeah Answer to the rural question. Or you could do 10 years. I guess you could say rural or urban. Yeah, rural or urban. So as a, I'll just do urban or just health in general. As a like tech, not technology, research nerd, um, I always go to like personalized medicine Mm -hmm. and like how maybe one day CRISPR-Cas and like different things of that nature are going to become much more integrated into patient care. Yeah. Um, so outside of that one guy in China who made CRISPR-Cas babies, which was completely and totally unethical right now. <laughs> they survived? They survived. So oh, what, wow. he, what he did was one of the parents had HIV uh-huh. and he basically took out the gene, like an embryo. Oh, okay. They're twins. So he took out the embryos and then he used CRISPR-Cas to take out the, I guess, HIV-related mm-hmm. genes <laughs> that could be passed down to the children um, in, oh wait, not, not in an embryo, but in the mom's sperm and the dad's, whoever oh, was oh, affected, whoever was affected, he took out their, like, yeah. um, I guess, 
reproductive uh-huh. yeah. cells. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Can't speak right now. <laughs> um, and, like, use CRISPR-Cas um, to edit out that gene, which sounds like it'd be cut and dry, but CRISPR-Cas has lots of off-market effects. Does it sound mm-hmm. like so, it so, like, it can cut that out, but it can also cut other mm-hmm. things out. out. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really not ethical to use it, and he yeah. just kind of didn't pay attention to that. He was, like, so into the research. Right. So... Twins were born. As far as we know, they're healthy. But the crazy thing about it is once everyone found out about this, this guy went into hiding and, like... He didn't. I don't know if he's emerged yet, but <laughs> he's if hiding. you're listening to our podcast, you're safe with us, friend. <laughs> so one day when those technologies get more ironed out, I think right. it'll be a really awesome thing to see. That's um, really and interesting. That's, mm-hmm. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, so for me, I know I got asked this question: Where do I see medicine going, um, or where would I like to see it going? And I think my biggest like usually when people ask me things about current medical states. I'll always refer to like insurance or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I more so said, hopefully, um, a more health literate population. Oh, that's good. Girl, they love that. That's a buzzword. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> hopefully, a more health literate population, uh, more focused on preventative health, but also um, more easier access or more affordable access to preventative medicine yeah. and to um, certain healthcare treatments that shouldn't necessarily be so expensive, such as paying $5,000 to stay the night in the hospital yeah, um, and things like that. But, yeah, so yeah. I, I really never had to answer that question too in depth. Yes, yeah. I actually had to answer it almost every single interview. Really? really? I don't know how, but I just always get on an insurance kick. For really? Some it's so, it's so, so easy. I got that at so, KU. Yeah, so they would, yeah. be like, they would be like, so how do we fix the broken insurance system? And I was just like, here we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy well that just like goes to show you guys that you can have the same question and answer it any different way and like if you add like your personal experiences to it it just brings out your answer yeah and I mean like not everybody's gonna get the same interview question so like Mm -hmm. if you have a friend that um interviewed at that school a week before you know you could ask them like we had a um giant spreadsheet me and a a few other people from the postback program and basically like had all the like it was a like you had the school and then it had like the interview questions they ask, certain preparation materials that you need for the interview, things like that. Half the time, never did those schools like ask the same questions for me. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, I mean, I don't know why. I feel like I mean, I only went to like two schools off the list, but it was just like, oh, okay, I can't really. <laughs> cool. Glad yeah. we talked about this. And I feel like a lot of the times the interviewers want the interview to be conversational, so they're gonna base the questions off the answers you're giving back to yeah, them. And yeah, and you're so. part of the reason too is like the schools that I did like go to that were similar, they asked questions um referring to my application or questions um kind of tailored to my application. So I had a lot of volunteer, I didn't have much research. The other person had a lot of research. So it just depends on kind of like your background and like what they can really identify with. And who's doing your interview. Cause like you might have a researcher doing your interview and they're gonna ask a lot more questions about research than somebody who's just a general, maybe a teacher or professor or something Mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, for sure. Anything else on the interview questions? I know for me, like, I don't know if you want to get into interview prep, but I know... Oh, not yet. Not yet? Okay. <laughs> I'll hold off on that. But we're going to be stingy. Uh, you guys can, can wait. I know you guys have patience. <laughs> no? Mm. <laughs> no, actually, that was kind of That was the comedy section. <laughs> um, and so um, we will talk about our... So we don't have a Mahoney message, but we did have a critiquing. 
a young man um, to, to her Instagram to suggest that I talk less, less, less. Um, and so, yeah. Flo, how you feel? I don't think you talk over me. I feel like I'm naturally more like soft-spoken. So maybe that's how he took it. It's possible. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I'm just soft-spoken. Yeah, and I'm like an extroverted person. Yeah, and I'm very introverted, so. It kind of just. Like, it just, yeah. So yeah. I feel like some people might not take that good. If, but... if uh, my personality is too too thick on the episode, please let us know. Uh, because we do want to be receptive. <laughs> For real. We, we yeah. want to be receptive. Um, That's part of medicine. Yeah, and I just feel like he was just, he probably just hears your super extroverted side and my mm-hmm. super introverted side, and it probably... And his head doesn't mesh well. but Maybe I, he's an introvert. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. But, um, yeah, so please let us know. We're always, like I said, receptive to criticism. Um, hopefully it's cr- constructive criticism. So, like, it's annoying. Doesn't really tell us how to fix it. But, um, yeah, for sure. Like, we'd always like to hear the pros and the cons to our show. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure we can always make it better. And I responded, you know, fairly generically just saying like if you have anything else we can do to fix the show let us know but i do sincerely mean that if you have any ways we can tweak the show um if there's extra segments you'd like to know about um anything like that please email us at uh, melanin in medicine zero two at gmail.com um and of course you can always follow us on instagram um and that's melanin period in i n period medicine um and then yeah of course we always like seeing uh, your guys' comments or encouragement, things like that. Um, oh, and I'm trying to do, um, what do I call it? I think it work at Wednesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, where I add something on our story that's basically like encouragement or anything. So if you have something um, that happened to you this week and you want to present it on our work at Wednesday, I would love to put that on there. Um, because, yeah, we want to show people that, like, they're not alone in the process. Because it sucks. <laughs> um, so before we hop into our stepping stones, uh, we're going to play a commercial from our sponsor. Um, and we have a new uh, commercial. And it's me with my scratchy little voice. And I'm so sorry <laughs> you have to listen to it. Um, but yeah, so enjoy. All right. <laughs> hey, kids, we missed you. Um, let's talk about some stepping stones. So today we have some really cool stepping stones. I feel like they're all over the place. Um, and hopefully somebody can relate to one of these. <laughs> um, but our first one is, let's see, do we want to talk about interview prep? Because we kind of slid into that. Already, yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay. So we're going to talk about interview preparation. Um, not necessarily um like what to do at your interview, but like how we prepared for our interviews beforehand. So, go. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so there were two things that I did. So the first one was to know back and forth, front and back, um, the answers to why this school and why medicine. Mm. Um, so why this school? Because to me, I felt like the school I wanted to go to was the same all throughout. Um, I wanted to go to a school that had lots of research and that also was very ethically conscious and um, supported um, closing health disparities and things of that nature. Um, and then I also wanted to go to a school that was closer to home. So I basically, those are my three points. And was then, this your top school? It was one of them. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. this was, I would say this was always kind of number one. I just didn't know it. 
mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but when it found you, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I would just kind of fill in the gaps from there using the website and things of that nature. And the second one was for the individualistic prep, I went to um, student doctor network, which normally that's like has good and a lot of bad, but for, <laughs> you can type in the school. So let's say yeah, university of Kansas interview questions, and then they'll have a list of questions for like years past. And I would go down any question I didn't know how to answer. I would, ty- I would write it down and then I would think of a few bullet points to answer it. And then I'd do that all the night before the, um, interview. So when I woke up, it was fresh in my mind and mm-hmm. I knew how to answer any question that they asked me. That's good. Um, and then know your application in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I guess I did something similar to um, Amber. I, like, went on Student Doctor Network, found, like, the common interview questions, and then I wouldn't, like, rehearse them, but I kind of just did, like, the – I knew a general answer to what I would say. Mm-hmm. And then know your application. I would say that's the biggest thing because, like, I had one interview. They literally had my application, and she was like – oh, okay, you did this. So tell me about it. Like, she didn't even ask me any questions. She literally just went through my application. She was like, oh, you did this. Yeah, like, yeah. so yeah. it wasn't, like, formal interview questions. It was literally just, like, tell me more about your application. Yeah, so I could definitely say the same. Um, I did not go to Student Doctor Network. I didn't think to do that. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, because every time I went there, they gave me anxiety. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I just avoided it. Um, but I had the... So I use this 50 common interview questions for um, from Princeton Review, yeah. which is also where we pull from our questions some weeks. So if you want to follow <laughs> we'll along. <get> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I use that to kind of prep and like I'd pick five um, when I after I applied like and I'd be at work, too. So I'd pick five like every week to try to answer. OK. And um, I try to make my answers pretty generic so mm-hmm. that I can kind of like just mold it yeah. depending on the school. But more so, I, I looked at, like, the why the school, because I applied to, like, 13 schools. Um, some of them because of location, some of them because of cost, some of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I couldn't really necessarily say, oh, I like where you were located. So I had to know, like, what about the school was drawing me there? Yeah. Um, some of the schools I applied to, never really heard of before I applied to it. So, yeah, I feel you. yeah it was just, like, kind of like that. Um, but, yeah, so... Definitely knowing about the school. And then, like you said, knowing your application. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I did at the beginning of undergrad, I'm not necessarily going to know as well. So I was like, let me really revisit that time and, like, understand, you know, okay, mm-hmm. when I was a community advisor, what were the hardships? What were the adversities? What were the things I enjoyed? How did I grow as a person? Like, yeah. how to, like, look at each experience because you listed them, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you can't talk about why you volunteered at the, I don't know, how to teach dogs to run yeah. kind of organization, then, you know, you have to really back that up and it depends because this is where it kind of bites you in the butt if you put something like a space filler mm-hmm. in your experiences and they're like okay so tell me about yeah. I don't know t- molding jelly beans How is that? <laughs> yeah because that's a red flag yeah you know? and if you're just like oh, I ate a bunch like <laughs> like you really have to exactly yeah. like you really have to pull out that experience and and they can tell like you only put this because it took up space. Yeah. That's let's be honest. Like you didn't really care about this experience versus if you're well versed and even if it's a small experience, if you make it seem like a juicy experience to you, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So I a lot of my I mean I had some experiences that I didn't really feel as much from that experience yeah. than others. And um 
I feel like honestly, they didn't really ask about my most meaningfuls as much. Really? Yeah, oh, no. really. They asked really more did. about the little stuff that I had on my application. Maybe it was because the it. most meaningfuls you wrote about it. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they, I, I got. I think every place asked me about bullet journaling because I put that uh, in my right. yeah, and I put that in my experiences. Yeah, and so they were like, "So tell me more about this dynamic journaling." And I feel like because I could, I was like, "Should I call it bullet?" bullet? <laughs> and they were like, "Don't call it bullet." But, um, yeah, and they asked about it. And so I, I had to tell them, like, oh, you know, it helped me during my MCAT. Helped me stay organized. It helped me, you know what I mean? But I feel like they did that, like you said, because I didn't talk about, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't the most meaningful. So mm-hmm. so how do you – so one thing that I did, too, is um, – I don't know, because – so I did, like, interview prep, like, with um, the school, Okay. To like them, like I went to like a mock interview and I didn't really like that as much. Like they gave me my feedback, but I just felt like the school's uh, mock interviews are basically like mock, job interviews. Yeah, yeah, like job interviews. And so I, I feel like it didn't really give me like a realistic expectation for a med school interview because I do feel like it is kind of like a job interview, but it's slightly different. Yeah. So at my best mock interviews, if you do one, was like people in the medical field. For sure. Yeah, like that was, Mm -hmm. or like, yeah. Would you suggest maybe reaching out to like certain professors at medical schools that's like near you and just being like, do you think we could conduct like a mock interview? Or med med students even. Yeah, Yeah. med students. for sure. Because like we've all been through it. So like Mm -hmm. if you had, that's why it's very important to have a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. So if you have a mentor, like ask them, they might be able to give you some feedback. Um, Because I feel like doing the mock interviews at your school, to me, wasn't very helpful. It's good if you're not used to talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If if you mm-hmm. need that preparation, try it with a you know yeah. school. But um yeah, I feel like a med student would be really yeah. useful. Yeah, because when I did it at like um because they had it in my post back and we did it like I just felt like the whole thing was kind of like a job interview and then like the feedback they gave me they it was very positive and it's like. Cause, I need to know. Yeah, about, yeah like yeah. I need to. to yeah, yeah, and they'd be like, work on like more. The stuff they wanted me to work on mm-hmm. was more for job interviews, and it's like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, am trying to sell myself, but I'm trying to tell people I'm good for a school, not exactly. why I fit in into their business. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. I also I appreciated the Aspire program too because they did a mock interview. Mm-hmm. Um, they did MMI. Did you guys have MMI at all? I did not. I did. Yeah. Where did I have? Oh, in, in San Antonio. In Texas, I oh, Yeah, I I was fortunate. I was like, I don't know how I lucked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was fortunate. I, I honestly loved it because I feel like though it was weird with like they had like a bell system. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I liked it because the questions. I feel like for MMI, you can't, you can though, you can practice like the timing, mm-hmm. but you can't really practice the questions because they're just like so random. Yeah, yeah, so random in scenarios, and it to me it got you thinking. So you were more thinking about like the question, how you're going to answer, versus being nervous. You know what? I just had a really fun idea. We're definitely going to do this one episode, just an MMI episode. Okay, where yeah. we just like throw out scenarios and just like answer. <laughs> Yeah, we that one should be <laughs> like a gonna big. Be hard. We should do like a big group with our that. class. Yeah, maybe we can ask people in our class randomly and record it. Yeah, and just mash it up. <gasps> That'd be cool. This is gonna be so cute. <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope I don't yeah. forget this. <laughs> yeah, and the MMI just goes by so fast because like my MMI, it was like they had the individual MMI and then they had a group MMI. It was mm-hmm. weird where we had to like problem solve. Like we couldn't talk. They gave us a they showed us like a picture. And we had to, it was crazy because it's like, you couldn't talk at all. So it's like people had to like, 
be a leader and that's but everyone couldn't be a leader okay Um, so it was like we had to build a block from like a picture we saw for two seconds so it's like you're looking at this picture for a minute everyone's trying to memorize it and then they take away the picture and then you have to recreate it without talking and you have to use effective communication Mm -hmm. so that was fun so it was like that interview was really fun i wonder how they grade mmis like who's good especially like for example someone has to be a leader but not everyone can be a leader leader, yeah but do you deduct the person who's a leader yeah because maybe they are just think they're right you know yeah or do you give them extra points but then you don't want to be an over leader yeah yeah it was it but it was weird because it worked like Different people are different leaders. Because it was, like, the blocks were, like, colored off in sections. So some people, like, like we pointed. Like, someone was, like, I'm memorizing yellow. Someone else was, like, I'm memorizing purple. So then, like, when it got to your turn, it was, like, did you memorize (laughs) So it's, like, you had to depend on. So that's how my group did it. So I don't know how the other groups did it. And we randomly got put into groups in our interviews. That is so cool. that's, That's another part of the MMI that... That I experienced at one school. Yeah, my only experience with MMI was the Aspire program where we practiced it and it was hard and <laughs> I pretty much killed every patient I had. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're a future doctor listening to this, I didn't kill anybody literally, so don't <laughs> jump me off. Um, yeah, so interview preparation, I think the biggest thing is just like know the school's mission statement. Mm-hmm. I think everybody says yeah. that. Um, Nova School's mission statement. As far as like financial preparation, did you guys have a budget? Oh. I cried. Okay, um, that that's was, emotional that preparation. Was, uh, <laughs> looked at my bank account and cried. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, that was financial. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. I tried to give myself three hundred dollars. Um, if it was if it cost more than three hundred dollars to go, I wasn't going. Oh, you? Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. You're so wow. Well, so I was like, tickets. my place to New Jersey, the plane ticket alone. Well, actually, I bought the plane ticket because I. Bought the plane ticket to New Jersey and it was six hundred dollars. Yeah, that was the cheapest. Did you buy it ticket. last minute or no? It was like a month. It's New Jersey, like it's expensive oh. because it's like a small airport. And then yeah. I didn't know because I bought my ticket and then I had a friend who's like from the area and they were like, "You need to buy your ticket to Philly because mm-hmm. that plane ticket's a lot cheaper." Mm-hmm. And then you can. It's only like a two-hour drive, so then you could drive. So then, I think the ticket to Philly would end up being $200 and renting a car was like 100 mm-hmm. and then driving so it probably saved me $200 yeah. but I think finding like cost effective ways to oh, prepare because yes. that you saved me a lot people in the area stay with them yeah for sure or some schools even have like Iowa they have the portal where you can like find students yeah. willing to have oh okay yeah and then I guess for me I usually interview prep the night before so I didn't want to have the stress of like you know getting to know someone new so I always stayed in hotels but I used the discount codes that the schools would yeah. give to Ooh, me yeah. or points yeah because I was yeah. like my, my parents have lots of like if you don't hotel have points so I feel I like if points. you don't have any hotel memberships or flight memberships now Get them before the interview cycle yeah. because you will yes. rack them up. Like, and most of the interviews, honestly, are in the second part, like after January. Mm-hmm. So by January, you'll have them. You never know where you'll go in like yeah. October. So yeah, just rack them up. Get sure. a credit card with miles. Oh, <laughs> yes, okay. help you out. Yes, yeah, and plan sure. early. Like, don't especially. I was really upset. Like my Morehouse interview because I applied as a Georgia resident. Resident, so I don't know if they assumed I lived in Georgia, but they gave me a week. 
So I have to buy another $600 plane ticket. So preparation. Like if you have to fly somewhere, don't look at your ticket late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think the latest I got my ticket was three weeks and it was expensive. It was, it was, that was cutting it close to my $300. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, the most expensive trip I feel like I went on was Indiana because I flew and then I drove and then I stayed in a hotel. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So preparation's big. For sure. And planning. It's really hard because I feel like this is the only time where you're going to be, like, organizing your own. Or maybe it's the first time for Mm -hmm. some people where you organize your own trip. You execute it by yourself. Yeah. And you're literally responsible for your transportation. getting there, yeah. yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Like, so if you're lifting, know exactly how far it is. If you're staying at a hotel the night before, go to the location the night before. Yeah. Yes. And uh, honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like if you have an interview you have to fly to, you don't know the area, you need to go like that the morning before. Because mm-hmm. I had an interview where someone had flown in that day and their flight got canceled. And they're calling mm-hmm. the school looking like, hey, my flight got canceled. And it, we were in the last interview session. Like, oh no. Yeah, no. but that's your, why'd you buy a ticket that morning? Yeah, no. You I don't, I don't know how their for. schedule was, like with yeah. work, if they couldn't take off, but I would get a ticket at least the morning before. Yeah. Just so at in least. case your flight gets canceled, especially in the winter season mm. with the weather, you don't know how Good it is. Flight. Give it two days yeah. with the weather. Yeah, right? Honestly, yeah. So that you can at least fly there, like, in the morning, mm-hmm. get situated, go to the location, figure it out. And then if your flight gets delayed, at least if it's in the morning, you, you could catch an evening flight. Exactly. So, yeah. So. And do you want to, so when you want to, for me, when I went to schools that were like further away, like Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I made sure to, um, to take take the most out of that experience yeah. so like yeah. i looked at apartments i asked the med students what apartments are you yeah because you don't know if you can when you're gonna be able to go Girl. back if you go yeah and if i get accepted and it's my only acceptance so i'm like yeah it's okay so. yeah yeah i would like walk around if i had any extra time yeah. see what there is to do for fun and talk to people mm-hmm. if you see them like hey how's this yeah. oh and then with flights if there is bad weather and you know there's bad weather you can call the flight and they'll switch your flight for free Yes. I've done that. Mm-hmm. So if you know bad weather's coming in like the day before you're supposed to go there and you can leave an extra day early, they'll switch it because mm-hmm. it's easier for them to do that than to put you on another flight. Yeah. Oh, smart. And I know a flying can be hectic, but still be happy to be at your interview. Yeah. <laughs> because my first interview I was at, the man next to me sat down and said, I just want to be in bed right now. I flew in and got in at 4 a.m. And I was like, is this a test? Like, oh, yeah, like, I was like, am I that? being... T-? The whole table looked at him like, what in the world? Yeah. What, what, what? This was at Creighton University. Apparently it had... Mm. He had had an interview at West Virginia University the night before. And he was just like, listen, like, I don't want to be here right now. Like, I just want to take a nap. And he was on his phone the entire time. I had people I on their phones in my interviews too. You know what? Honestly, I had... So I did a back-to-back sort of interview where I went to Wright State that I think my interview for Rice Day was Wednesday, and yeah. the Memorial interview was Friday. Yeah, I was so tired. Yeah. Now, mind you, I was just happy to you be gotta in Atlanta. You got to fake it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, happy to be in Atlanta. Yes. So I was like, oh, I'm about to enjoy the city, and I did. But like <laughs> being at that interview, I just had to like rinse everything off, and yeah. I was just like, oh my goodness, You're, like, I'm yeah, so tired. you have to put your first. I guess we'll talk about the actual interview later, yeah, probably for sure. But yeah, we can talk about like the itineraries most of the time. Yeah. yeah but um yeah definitely prepare you got to prepare mentally mm-hmm. like that I feel like it's so draining like 
Because usually it's a whole day. Yeah. So, like, it's just so draining once you get done. You're just like, oh, my gosh. God, and, like, is... sometimes for my Rice State interview, I had to, like, fly. Let me see. I flew in the night before or the day before. And then I had my interview. But I was flying out to Atlanta the day of my interview. Mm-hmm. Like, that evening. So, okay. I had to, like, this was poor planning on my part, too. Because I should have planned my, my drive from the location to the airport. Mm. And Lyft is expensive when you're going to the airport. Yeah. It was like $60. Yes, yeah, so they were like, um, I, I literally had to ask everybody, and I was so fortunate that the, the director of admissions, or dean of diversity or somebody, mm-hmm. she would, she gave me a ride. Like, she was so sweet. <gasps> oh, mm. man. I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I, I, like, literally, you need to plan every part. Walk through the idea of, when I get there, what am I going to do? Am I going to get food? Where am I going to get food? Mm-hmm. Is it in proximity of my hotel? How much will I need for food? Like, just every step. Like, <clears throat> it's so hard. And then you got to think about, you got to check out of your hotel if you're flying out. Yeah, and where so are you going to put your bags? Yeah. yeah. I had my luggage I had campus. I literally rolled mm-hmm. up to my interview like, where do I put this? Yeah. So And you won't be the only one. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of people yeah. do that, yeah. But it's, it's a lot of planning. Yeah. Lot. So if you guys have any questions, email us. For sure. Like, hit us up. Um... Yeah, because we could definitely go on and on about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, let's just see. So our next stepping stone is, what did we say? Oh, medical school requirements. And so I know this is like really big, but um, I was thinking when I said medical school requirements, more like things required for specific medical schools that might not be like general. So, okay. Who wants it first? <laughs> I guess you could start since... So, the reason I brought this up... You could start. (laughs) So, um, the reason I kind of feel like people should look into this is because I didn't take immunology and I didn't take physiology, which, yeah, which are, like, pretty big. Um, And so, it wasn't... Like, it's not required by medical schools, but it's highly suggested that you do it. Um, And then also... You have to be careful with um, certain requirements between schools because UMKC, oh, dang, I definitely outed them. But, uh, yeah, they denied me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they denied me because one of my – so I had two things that were dinged on their requirements. One of my classes, I think I got a C in genetics in undergrad. It was required that I get – let me see. It was required that, okay, so it was called, I had two, like, invalid classes. And you can get one invalid class and they'll overlook it. Mm. The first invalid, or invalidation, was having that C. And then the second was my cell bio. I took my freshman year. You're that picky? Girl, they didn't want, they just did not want me. They they could have just said, we don't want you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my cell bio would have lapsed. So it was within five years. What? Right, by the time I matriculated. So if you yeah. like get a C in like OCHEM one or two, does that count as an invalid class as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, they would not want to. Yeah, bye. But you know, they usually they prefer to I guess take undergrad. Like people get C's like. They they prefer to take um, the eighteen year olds, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't gonna say the eighteen year olds, but yes, <laughs> yeah. they prefer uh, six year med students yeah. before. Yeah traditional but i i was just like you're my undergrad like literally yeah i graduated from you guys i took the class with you guys <laughs> but Mm-mm. yeah so um yeah anybody else i don't know because i feel like because classes like genetics um la- like our last 
last week. I mm-hmm. feel like if you hadn't taken genetics like in depth, you'd have been lost. Oh, for yeah. sure. At that CBCL, yeah. like what would yeah. you have done? Like, and they were adding new terms that I'd never even heard before. I'm like, you'd been like when I've, we got to the fragile X thing, we were all kind of just like, what? No, we did, but like oh. the way we when we had to figure out the intersection. Like oh, that part? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wild. So yeah, really. I feel like a lot of medical school is them kind of teaching it at a bit of a lower level than they know it, but not at the actual foundational level and you filling in the gaps on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, genetics yeah. would have been lost if I hadn't had like uh, a decent microbiome background today. Ooh. I yeah. would have been lost. Huh. And micro <laughs> microbiology is not a requirement either. It's not? No. no. Shut the front door. No. Oh my goodness. It should be though. Yeah, yeah. like my I think also microbiology, awesome. <laughs> genetics and physiology, yeah. like and I'm terrified of physiology. I feel like I'm really good at it. Histology freaks me out. Never taken histology. histology. It all looks pink. I don't Have you it. taken it? No. Nope. I say I took okay. histology, nope. but I don't I don't remember it. Because yeah. like in undergrad you just memorize. Like yeah, the H and E stuff, like you literally just memorize. Yeah. So by the time yeah. See, and if I would have stayed in my post rec program, we took all those classes oh. this year. So I kinda played myself. But oh. I'll just be honest. Yeah. So to me, I think it's beneficial to take a gap year so you can For like sure. fill in those classes like immunology, like because we're about to start immunology like tomorrow. Yeah. And I was looking at the stuff and I took immunology last semester and I feel like it's going to help me a ton because mm-hmm. I've had that background. But you can still learn it if you don't take it. Mm-hmm. But you have to be more active in your learning. Yeah. yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. So I'm probably not going to talk to anybody for the next three days. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So if you don't take those classes, you have to be more on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anything else with the requirements? requirements? I'm thinking, like, what else might also be required? It also it's important to know the requirements for specific schools you want to attend. Um, I might be making a large leap, but Harvard might require a lot more different things than mm-hmm. maybe a local school in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, because you know yeah. some schools require genetics, but I don't think you need genetics for a biology degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you need and, to look at that. And you can see all the school's requirements on the MSAR, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It shows what, yeah, it what they require. Um, so make sure to, another reason to use that MSAR, because it's, it's really helpful. Yeah. And you're just choosing your schools. And, I mean, if there's a school you really want to go to and you're like, oh, I haven't taken this class, that gives you enough time to be like, you can still tell them, you can still apply and just in your interviews or in your secondaries indicate that you are taking that class currently yeah. for those who haven't graduated or those who are planning on taking the class just to fit requirement. Um, that way you don't feel like you're counted out, basically. Exactly. And talk to your advisors, like your med school advisors, because they'll know this stuff. They should know it. Um, (laughs) 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 They should know, like, what's going to be more beneficial for you as a medical student. So if you're trying to figure out whether you should take genetics or physiology, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, like, because I feel like genetics, I don't know, like, what, between physiology and genetics, if you're deciding, like, Definitely take genenics. Genetics over physiology? I mean, I haven't taken physiology, so I can't say. How does that physiology? I said physiology. Yikes. I'm really scared. I feel like you could teach yourself genetics. No, you cannot. I will say, I feel like physiology is more of a story. 
Whereas genetics, you kind of just got to know it. So yeah, in some ways, yeah. I feel like genetics... Maybe genetics. And physiology yeah. kind of ties... Some parts ties in with physics. So if you t- you had to take physics, yeah. you might, you'd you be able to fill in the gaps with like the yeah. rest, like heart and respiratory. I'd say stuff. physiology has a lot more easily acceptable life applications than, than genetics. genetics. Just because... I can see that. Like, mm-hmm. you know your body. Yeah. So like, you give an example and it's relative to the body. You're like, okay, I guess I've experienced I don't that. know. I think genetics to me is just common sense. No, it's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm like... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So you think most people know why calico cats look the way they do? Is that indeterminate? Indeterminate? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know. Exactly. Is it co-dominant? It's, something, it's, with it's something with the bar bodies on the X chromosome. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, the girls yeah. inactivate a certain gene I where the know, guys physiology is so hard to me. Maybe that's why. I'm scared. But that's me, though. <laughs> like, because I feel like a lot of physiology is physics. I'm just, like, not that physics. Yeah, like the heart? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. A lot of it. It's an experience. I know that much. That's... But the next someone says, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, but but physiology, is, I'm like having to like watch videos. So here's like, the thing: genetics is easy to grasp. Yeah, but if the you cons, have the, the background, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, once you learn like a few roots in genetics, you're like, okay, it it applies here. It applies yeah, here. yeah, I agree, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And testing in genetics sucks. I think that's mm-hmm. the hard part. Yeah, because they be asking them. Yeah, they get real reckless. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure. Um, I also thought of something else, but I cannot think of it now. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, next stepping stone. <laughs> so, um, oh, pre-med conferences. So, this is the reason we have our guest, guys. Um, our guest basically told us that she attended a conference and, like, we want to talk about different, you know, we have our hidden Jemisons, so we talk about different opportunities um, for minorities just going on around the country um, to help them get into medical school, prepare for medical school, um, succeed in medical school, or anything like that. Um, and so I thought it was interesting to have her because she not only attended the conference, but basically knew exactly how to get the most out of that conference. I feel like if you go very passively um, and you don't act like, actively get your name out there get your face out there um gain that exposure then you really won't take away what you should from the experience so take it away oh sorry were you gonna say no i say i didn't even know about med school or pre-med conferences until she brought it up so this is like a good way to yeah go ahead girl (laughs) all right so i went to abercams last fall so the annual biomedical research conference for minority students wow she really really went (laughs) wait how'd you find out about it so my pi so i was a research technician last year and my pi uh principal investigator so basically my boss the head researcher phd boss lady she's actually the first black tenured professor in school of medicine at Pitt. so she is amazing um but she is high up on the abercams Board. I, I, w- I don't know. I don't know if it's board, but she's up there. She helps start the conference, mm-hmm. and she speaks at the conference. So she's always trying to get black and brown people to the conference because it's such a it is it is lit, y'all. Like if I wait, lit they swag surf. <laughs> wait a minute. Um, <laughs> Where was I? I think we had this reaction like, the first time. Like, <laughs> like one of the one of the attendees walked out to Big Bank. Um, my, my boss started belly dancing on stage, so it's it like a party. is as much party as black as and brown. You, yeah. Oh, you knew. It is, <laughs> it's lit, y'all. Everyone should go. Um, so basically I was no longer a master's student. I was 
faculty at the university that I worked at. And so I couldn't go to present any research, um, but I went through a partnership with my master's program um, to help gain exposure to the master's program, which is amazing. I'll <laughs> plug it. I loved it. it was, oh, yeah, it that was, could be our It was awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I went with, for that, but I was also applying to medical school at the time. So I knew that medical schools would be there, and I needed to network my butt off. So I had had a few interviews at this point, but there were schools that I really wanted to get interviews at that I hadn't heard from. So I said, well, this is, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. So I went up to every single school that was there that I had not received an interview at. I said, hi, my name is Amber. Um, I applied to your med school. Like, is there anything you think I should know? And I would also review my school sheet list beforehand with different facts in the school. So I would look um, Mm -hmm. well-versed and that I had actually, you know, paid attention and had some genuine interest in the school. And I walked away with two interviews after that. I actually talked to, at one school, um, the head of their MD-PhD program. And she said, well, I'm going to email the admissions director right now and you'll get an email next week. And I was like, "Ah, okay, sure. I got an email two days later. Wow. So so definitely use those conferences. One, to meet other um, students who Mm -hmm. look like you, who want to do what you're doing. It was such an infectious atmosphere to be around black people who said, I want to be an MD-PhD. I love this kind of research. I want to go to med school. I want to be a technician one day. So that is just... I've never been around more than three black people who were saying that. So to be around thousands wow. was, awesome. was an really experience nice. that I'll always hold on to. Really? Yeah. So is that specific to undergrads or is it for anybody? So it's undergrad focused, but they also have competitions for master's students, doctoral students, and postdocs. And so can you only go if you're like presenting research or competing or? You can go just as like a spectator. So spectator, but typically everyone goes to present something or they're there to do what I did, which was exhibit. Um, so you're either there to present something or you're there to attract people to your school. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so you mentioned, so how do we get there? Let's say we want to go. Yeah, so if you want to go, um, I don't know where it is this year. It's in Indianapolis last year. So there's a website. So just type in ABRCMS into Google, and it'll be probably the first thing that pops up. And registration is open, and abstract submission is open right now. Um, so, so if you just want to... Well, if you want to register, you can do that. And then if you want to submit your abstract to get your research at the conference, oh, okay. you can also do that okay. right now. Um, if you have an abstract, that's ready to go. If not, I think it closes in, like, August. So you have some time to get mm-hmm. it together. Um, but registration, I don't really remember the cost. It is a little pricey, though. I will say that. Like, I wouldn't have been able to foot the bill on my own if my master's program didn't fund me. But there are scholarships. So yeah. Abercans himself has a decent amount of scholarships, and then other students who I know went got money from wherever they're doing research with. So if you're doing cell biology research, you can reach out to the cell biology, was it American sure. Society of Cell Biology, and they have some scholarships to send people to conferences. You can Aww. reach out to your school. I knew a girl who reached out to the Honors College at my school, and they finished her funding for her. Um, so there are definitely ways to get funding, and then a lot of schools also, in their diversity initiatives, will fund it for a group of students to go. Nice. So there was a whole delegation, like 50 people from Puerto Rico, and they were all funded awesome. through diversity initiatives at their school. Oh, that's so cool. It was yeah. awesome. Got the plug. Yeah. Um, let's see. How long was it? Three, four days. Yeah, four days, I would okay. say. When is it? 
It is right before Thanksgiving, so it's in November every year, um, which is good because maybe you'll miss some tests and you have some more time to study for them. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> or you have to take them early. Or take them early. Yikes. We'll go with the other one. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's right before Thanksgiving, um, the three or four days beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Any other questions? I, I just really like how you were able to, like, take that initiative. Like, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I would have been so worried. Would you, Honestly, like, would you suggest yeah. bringing your resume or I, your application? I wouldn't bring an application. You could totally bring a resume. Okay. Bring a business card. I did not know that. Ooh. Everyone there had business cards. Like, yeah, let me give you a business card. I was like, oh, man. For being a med student. Um, yeah. Well, I realized, med, like, the business cards are up in the year uh, when we got business cards. And I uh. gave it to everybody at my interview. Yeah. They all <laughs> had business cards. Even, like, the 19, 20-year-olds that were coming in for undergrad. They, they, have they business all cards? had business cards. Wait, is this a new thing? I, I guess. We need business cards when we go to Ace in the Mesa. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know this. But wow. This is so, already something new. Get your business card game up. Just step it Wait, up. so what would you put on it? Just, like, medical school so, applicant, like, your name? No. It was name, and then it was objective. So, to oh. get an NIH fellowship or to So, literally, like, a mini resume. School. Yeah. And then they'll say like you know contact information and then um maybe like i think one to like three adjectives to describe them or something wow they, okay. they used all the space the kids the are on top of yeah, it they, nowadays they, they really are y'all need get get business cards right now everybody <laughs> you get a deal at staples <laughs> that's incredible wow and i mean that would really maximize your time yeah. there. like especially if you're like were they from puerto rico not like living in Puerto Rico? Going to school in Puerto Rico? The people from Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if you know you're not coming back to the States like anytime soon, like you could definitely. Yeah, and I feel like it's easy that. to like for med school admissions to like lose emails because they yes. get flooded oh, with yeah. thousands of emails. But if you give a business card at a event. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people there, um, a lot of the people exhibiting <laughs> are exhibiting for their summer research program. So if mm-hmm. you're trying to get summer research, definitely a place to go. Um, because the people who are in charge of those programs are the ones telling you about it there. Wow. So a lot of people went and picked up flyers for those and then automatically got in. Because um, a little behind the table talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I learned from listening to other people exhibiting is that if they see your email and they have that you're interested and you went to Abercams, you're already a higher level than someone else applying. Wow. wow. That's Because you showed, you showed the interest already. Wow. And that really says something. Like, when we tell you guys to go to this stuff and, like, really take the most out of what you're going to, be serious about it. Like, this could be the difference between you having to yeah. stress about an interview and you talking about hair and wigs the yeah. whole interview because you just know, like... Yeah, yeah right? And I, don't, I don't know how the... <laughs> we talked about hair we did um no and I was gonna say like and a lot of the times like I feel people's applications are just sitting there like the med school's like oh this person's like cool we might consider it but like for you to take the initiative they're like wow this girl's on top of it let's take her from the maybe pile to yes and she'll probably come to here yeah if she's willing to come up to us and be like what's up with my application yeah, yeah. <laughs> i almost i almost went to one of the schools who i did it to so yeah it was i almost went yeah because do, do you think you would have gotten interviews if you wouldn't have done that 
I don't know. Like, I, I went up to them, and I didn't give... I kept saying my name. They didn't take it down. Mm-hmm. But I talked for a long time. I know that's right. And, like, he was like, Amber Smith, right? I was like, yes, it is. And then I got my interview from them a week later. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. So, wait, say what school was? University of Iowa, Carver College of Medicine. Okay, yeah. so, I'll yeah. give you guys a perspective. I interviewed with them in October. Mm-hmm. I heard back from them, I'll say, like, March... April? Mm. March. Okay, yeah. March. She interviewed with them when? Early January. When did you hear back? Late January. Y'all better go. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Whatever your excuse is, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, yeah. And it really does make the difference because she was in there. She was ready. She mm-hmm. was up for it. But yeah, no. Now, I don't know. We don't know your MCAT score. You might have scored like some outrageous. Nah, MCAT. it was very no. normal. Okay, okay. I don't want to be like, well, I did get a 528 on the MCAT. So maybe they like me for that. Yeah. <laughs> Regard everything I said. But yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that so just cool. shows you the power of networking. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of students who don't have opportunities like that can't get those, you know, those networking capabilities mm-hmm. unless they know about stuff like this. Yeah. Unless we give them a program to go to. And and then imagine if, like, somebody's a freshman and they go to this every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there are a few who've been coming every single year since they were freshmen. And then their research has gotten more and more complex as they've gone. And they've gone on. So you can win awards there. You can win, like, Dang, most outstanding. Exactly. Wow. At a national conference, you're winning an award at. And that does so much mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. yeah. So, and even, I think also, if you're taking a gap year, look into this. Yeah. Like, if you're working all year, you can, I mean, it might be harder for you to, you know, get funding. Mm-hmm. But if you want to pay for it yourself, like, this could definitely be something you use. If you did research in undergrad, never yeah. presented yep. it. This is a great opportunity. Or sign up before you graduate. So, mm-hmm. say that you graduate in August or something, but registration opens in May. Even though the conference isn't until November, you can still sign up as a student. Mm. Wait, I'm confused. Wait, sign so, up. So, okay. So, say you graduate in August. Wait. Registration starts... In August? Like yeah. fall? Yeah. So, no, like, like summer, end of summer. Some people graduate this summer. I don't know. Let's just say you graduate... So, what if you graduate in May? Yeah. Oh, no. You're, oh, okay. So okay. Like, you're good then. So, say you graduate before the conference. Okay. So you're like, well, I want to graduate. I want to put in as a student, mm-hmm. but I'll be a graduate okay. come conference time. Sign up anyways because you'll still count. Because you were a student in the last 12 months, so it still will, will count. Okay, yeah, girl. Okay. Now I get it. <laughs> that's good. At least I think so. <laughs> For sure. I think so. And that sounds about right. Right? Yeah. yeah let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, just sign up as a student. <laughs> um, that's so cool, though. I'm so excited for that. If anybody attends this conference, please tell us how it went. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do we have anything else on... No. Or if anyone's had similar conference experiences to um, Amber, let us know. So yeah. we can shout you out. For sure. So, I do want to uh, do our Hidden Jemison, because we haven't had a Hidden Jemison in a little bit. <laughs> um, and we've been doing advice in place of the Hidden Jemison section, but Amber... Um, advocated real strong for her master's program so i figured we'd um let her present that as our hidden jemison so i'll tell you a little bit what they are okay so every episode well for a while at least we gave a hidden jemison which is basically like a good program that is geared towards minorities really helpful Mm -hmm. for their like application or getting exposure stuff like that similar to what we just talked about Mm -hmm. um so yeah give them that all right so the master's program i went to is the biomedical master's program through the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. Uh, So I graduated college in 2017. I was really anxious, didn't know what to do. I just knew I wasn't ready for medical school yet. 
and for some reason I only applied to that program. It was the first year, and I got it. Uh, oh, okay. So you take classes. Wait, the first year they ever had it? Yeah, oh, it was the wow. first year of the program, um, and I didn't know if I was going to get in, but I did. Thank goodness. So it's led by about seven or eight key faculty members. And one of them is actually on the admissions board at Pitt School of Medicine. So you can get that inside view from him just a little bit about how admissions at medical school works in general mm-hmm. um is the seven other people part of the med school or are they part there of are the professors at the med- medical, medical school, school. so okay. some of them teach they mostly teach like phd students but mm-hmm. some also teach medical students so i took anatomy with a, the woman who is was now my boss um so we actually took anatomy at the medical school um, in depth like you would as a medical school student. Um, We did also have labs, so we got to see it in real life as well as on the computer screen. Um, Neuropharmacology, biochemistry, um, comprehensive analysis of disease. So if you're someone who just needs a little bit more of that science coursework, it's good. It's really great. But the best thing is the extracurriculars. So I had Mm. um, access to all UPMC specialties to shadow at so I got 75 hours of shadowing in that one year Um, so they give you access to all the shadowing you need Pitt is really big on research so I got to stay in my research lab for an extra year or if you don't have research and you're new to Pitt they partner you with a with a PI so you can do research with them I one of my publications came out of that year wow and I know other people who have who got who've been published because of that program through the year and just if you don't have research research is great to have it's Mm -hmm. it's a selling point um also the life coaching I talked about earlier is amazing and they also give you I'll say free in air quotes because you pay for it but (laughs) you get a free MCAT prep course and they lighten the course load during the spring so you can take it um, Kaplan Kaplan. yeah they give you on Kaplan and then they lighten the course load during the spring so you can study for that okay. Okay. so and it's not just pre-med we had pre-dental students and pre-pa students oh, as well awesome. so, so what are the requirements to get in so I think they say 3.2 cumulative GPA I know typically they take a little bit higher than that mm-hmm. um, but 3.2 will get you get you in the door mm-hmm. um, a personal statement and you actually don't have to take any tests. No GRE, no MCAT, no PCAT. You don't need any of it, which is good because I wasn't about to take any more tests no, no. after graduating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. But if you do take the test, you have to tell them your scores. Mm-hmm. But it's not, as far as I know, it doesn't count against you. I don't know all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for a really supportive environment for people who will do anything that they can do to get you into medical school, definitely recommend it. So does it help you get into Pitt State? medical school like do you get an interview because you did the program or so they have a conditional linkage you have to be linkage eligible i was not it's okay i still got accepted to multiple medical schools there's stipulation uh i don't know quite what makes you linkage eligible i think they kind of keep that back doors wait what Uh, so they just give you like a email like you're eligible yeah so at the end of the first semester they email a few people and it's like hey you're linkage eligible for the University of Pittsburgh. And then you have to fill out AMCAS for the University of Pittsburgh. And then the medical school themselves will see if they want to interview you or not. Mm-hmm. And then you see if you get in. So you're basically applying like you would normally. But since you're through the program, you do it a little bit later. And you're in a different pool of people. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it could be a little bit different. But that's how it kind of went that's for interesting. us. So, yeah, I wonder if it's because it was the first year too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 And I okay. think a little bit of it has changed from year to year as they like smooth out the kinks but I will say decent amount of us got 
interviews at University mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh. Not all of us, but a decent amount. Um, so it does look, it looks good. Um, and I also know on the interview trail, um, a lot of people ask me questions about the classes I took, mm-hmm. especially neuropharmacology. Yes. Um, it was my favorite class, y'all. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. How, so how long is the program? It's one year. So we start in August and finish in August. And so, then, yeah. oh, it's a, oh, it's a full year. It's a full year. Yeah. But the summer is mostly just for finishing up your shadowing and your research. Oh, okay. And so getting your chill. application together. So okay. they'll read your application for you, um, tell you what to change, what what's oh, good. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, so like, yeah. Nice. So yeah. then when did you take the MCAT? So you started in August. Yeah. So I started in August of 2017. I originally signed up for the MCAT for April, but I ended up taking it May 18th. Okay. <laughs> I took my May 19. No. We're MCAT <laughs> <laughs> I actually moved from Pittsburgh back to Kansas City on the same day as my MCAT one year later. And I was like, wow, full circle. Wow. wow. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then you took the MCAT in May, got your scores back in June. June. And then when did you submit your application? Uh, I actually submitted my application kind of late. Don't do this. I did it in July. Uh, that's yeah that's like medium that's medium okay all right all right yeah (laughs) it's it's not early but it's not late early is june right yeah early is like first day yeah oh you were medium it's cool yeah Yeah. because late is like october (laughs) oh yeah yeah so i submitted my primaries in july and then i did my secondaries most of them in september to be Mm -hmm. quite honest that's that's a little bit later i mean secondaries but yeah, yeah so that's how but I you were proactive, mm-hmm. and that's why you're here. For sure, for sure. I love that. That's mm-hmm. nice. I was gonna ask what. Oh, I need to start writing these. <laughs> I know. I like say oh. in my head. I keep reciting this letter. <laughs> how many people were in your program? Oh yeah, it was the first year, so we had around forty. Wow, um, that's a lot. Forty. That's different than our yeah, programs because mine was, was ten well, med, five dental. I'm dramatic because I was thirty in ours, but oh dang, <laughs> so but, yours was. It was like only a select number of them were getting their masters. Oh, oh yeah. okay. And then this year got sixty, and I think they want to stay at sixty. Wow. So do you, is it a pretty competitive program? Do you know um, the so, stats? Yeah. Or? So my first year, I think she said six hundred applications, three hundred failed applications, and then about uh, forty of us ended up there. So I think it's still pretty competitive to get into the program. Would you say it's a minority-driven? It's not minority-driven, but they're trying to replicate the real world. Okay. So So like 7% African-American. I would say in my class of 40, there was about 10 of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there were about 6 or 7 Latino students, about 10. I would say Asian students, and then like the rest fifteen were white. Mm. Okay, so, okay, yeah. So pretty representative of the, the world, world population. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Thank yeah, you for sharing. Thank you. Yeah, no That's problem. Awesome. Thanks I, for being yeah, on our podcast. Definitely recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on our podcast, girl. Um, we grabbed her literally like. We were about to record. I was like, call, call Amber. Cool. I like hearing myself talk. It's chill. <laughs> that's funny because i don't <laughs> i don't have a voice so <laughs> but um all right guys we hope you enjoy this week's episode i think i really like this episode I it's encouraging too. yes um so let us know any suggestions we can do on our next episode and um i'm thinking i always think of things i should have said on every episode <laughs> um anything crazy going on in medicine right now 
Probably. Yeah. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I've well, been studying. I've been, what, what's the module we're in? IMI? I, is that what it's called? I don't know. It's no, stressed. there's a B in there because there's blood. IBM? IBM. Ah. <laughs> um, that's all I got. So, so, it's like, so if we talk about immunology a lot, it's next two right. weeks. You know why. All right. So thank you guys and um, have a good week. Uh, bye. Bye.